Well, it's Friday afternoon, and you know what that means. Welcome to another episode of Buffalo Bills, maybe next year. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, if you were on Twitter with this week, you may have been exposed to a little more AEW than you were planning on, uh, but tough, because we got to go, and it was a lot of fun. Um, most of us, two-thirds of us went. Um, they, uh, I'm sure he'll... Scott will catch up on Fight TV later. What the the all the goings ons of? I'm waiting for the London event. Yeah. Yes, the London. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love to go do a London event. I mean, uh, Tony Khan's dad is constantly in London with the Jaguars, so that seems like yeah. you know a, a good fit for him. They should go yeah. to London. Yeah. Um, maybe someone else who should go to London <clears throat> are the suck ass Ravens because they <laughs> suck ass, and uh, you know, I am torn emotionally on the Ravens. This is a good time as any to to mention this. I think Lamar Jackson is great. I think Lamar Jackson had like a pretty mediocre game, all things considered. I think the one thing I really can't stand are most Ravens fans on Twitter. And I understand that that's a lot of football fans on Twitter. But holy shit, was there a lot of crying and complaining that popped up in my feed from yeah. Ravens fans about this game. And and it wasn't like, God, we really need to be a better football team. It was a lot of crying and complaining about the the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen in particular. Uh, so let's just get you here. Um, if you were listening to us last week, Paul gave you not a prediction, but a spoiler. Bills yep. 23-20 down 17 points. They score 20 unanswered. Um, and that or did they score 19 under? No, yeah, they scored 20 unanswered. I, my addition was wrong. 20 unanswered uh, starting just before the half. Josh Allen, 19 of 36 for 213 yards, a touchdown passing, an interception, and another 70 yards and a touchdown rushing. Um, not his prettiest game, but I think it's undeniable as we get into it, like he was the engine that could, and he did. Uh, so, you know, a, a good game from him. Lamar Jackson had an efficient first 25 minutes. I think efficient is a great word for the first 25 minutes. And then the Ravens basically did fuck all. Um, for the rest of the game, barring one drive, which was was decent towards the end. Um, but, you know, Greg Roman, Greg Roman, the, the Ravens ravened at home, and the Bills, who looked absolutely dead and just listless and dead in the water through the first quarter and a half of the game, uh, came alive and, you know, didn't put on a, a fireworks show, Paul, but they certainly got did enough to win the game. So why don't you give us your thoughts on Bills-Ravens? Yeah, same same experience with Twitter. A lot of whiny Ravens fans. Bad calls both ways. Deal with it. That's football. Definitely. Um, definitely. The, yeah, Josh. Josh did a great job this game. The offense did a great job. I'll focus a little less on them and more on the defense. But I do want to say it looked like the Ravens largely copied the Dolphins approach from the week before, which is like, don't let the offense hit any big plays, make them put together long drives and hope they screw up a drive at the end. Uh, whether it's a missed field goal, a turnover, missing it on downs, whatever it happens to be. And that worked for the Ravens because four times the Bills did that and blew it uh, and did not end up scoring on those drives. It worked for a little bit this game, too, for the Ravens. But eventually, you know, it was a very patient game. Not not a lot of big hits for the Bills. Josh had a longer scramble run. Uh, hit one slightly longer pass to Diggs, but far from a bomb. But all in all, it was just a slow march down the field to get themselves Back in this game, I think they the Ravens had a good plan in place. I think, you know, their defense, except for they seem to be a great first half defense. They've been a great first half defense in all four of their games, but they seem to get vulnerable as the game goes on. And kudos to Josh and the offense for really taking advantage of that. 
unlike the Bills, just as a good time as any to say it, you know, who seem to have staked their claim as the best second half defense, allowing just seven points in four games in the second half. And that was on a largely busted play. Yeah, that was. And to think they've lost that one game based on the once time they allowed one seven busted points play. Right. Yeah, that was that was it. That was the, the Hamlin Johnson pairing at safety, which we'll get again this week. But yeah, so I, I to shift the focus over to the the defense, they they looked bad. Uh, now the first drive, what can you? It's four yards and a touchdown. I don't really pin that on the defense at all. The second drive, they didn't look good. They didn't look great on the third drive. At least they held them to a field goal. And then, as Frank had pointed out in a message to Scott and I, the Ravens' drives got progressively worse. There were two touchdowns to start, then two field goals, then the, then the then turnovers or turnovers on downs. You know, after a few punt drives, so the Bills' defense. Really just lit it up. Matt Milano was everywhere on the field. I, I won't, won't name too many individual names just because there's some of these guys are going to come up in three stars, I'm sure. But it was it was just a clinic. This is not a bad offense. This is a Lamar, even though Greg Roman, Greg Roman, as Frank accurately pointed out, there's still enough talent there. And especially with Lamar that you think they would make some plays, but they they managed to stop Lamar from make, doing too much damage on the scramble. He's still got 70 plus yards, but mm-hmm. As we talked about with Cooper Cup opening week, playmakers are going to make their plays. Cooper had his over 100 yards against the Bills. Lamar Jackson rushed well. Mediocre passing day, is is Frank pointed out, I'm not one of those guys. He's like, this is a glorified running back. I think he earned that MVP award in 2019, and they built that offense around mm-hmm. him really, really well. But I think the Bills' defense, they, they posed a huge challenge for him in the playoff game in the 2020 season. They seem to pose the same challenge today. They're able to force turnovers. They're able to force them into bad decisions. And more importantly, they, when it was 20 to three, that could have, they, they had no leeway to allow points for the rest of the game. Of course, they didn't know that at the time, but they didn't. And what did they proceed to do? They did what they had to do to win the game. That fourth down stop, the end was, was huge. I think Harbaugh did make the right call there when I yes, reassessed I that. I uh, you know, I think the worst case scenario for the Ravens is, you know, oh, let's throw an interception in the end zone. They get the 20. That's the worst. Otherwise, you get a touchdown or you pin the Bills at the two-yard line needing to go 70 yards to get in field goal range with X someone number pointed of out. Someone pointed out the Ravens were better off throwing a pick six there because they would yeah. have gotten the ball back and right. they would have had their chance. But it really was sort of like the 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 most catastrophic, catastrophic of events. And to sort of pick on, you know, to – I think your people are were frustrated with the Ravens losing another close game and 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 looking at losing by three, but I don't think you can look at that and sort of do anything except that you know they they were trying their best to win the football game and the Ravens hadn't been able to stop the Bills all half. So yeah, it was yeah. So just well played. Pretty much wraps up my point. Just uh, is Fra- the last thing which Frank alluded to. The the best thing would have been or the, uh, not a bad thing for the Ravens would have been a pick six because instead what the Bills were able to do. Run down the clock. The the joy of getting first downs that Singletary and Allen helped do without getting to the end zone at the end ended up being key. And we had some discussion on that before the kick. But I was thinking this is exactly what they did against Pats in 2011, mm-hmm. and it worked fine. If Bats mm-hmm. Bats is probably not going to miss that field goal. I think he's missed one inside that. I don't think he's missed ever missed any inside 20 yards. I think he's missed maybe one inside 30 yards in the last three years. And even if he does miss it, worst case you're going to overtime when you've outscored them you know, 20 to nothing uh, from the end of the second quarter on. So just uh, very, very happy with the result. And I know not every game's going to be easy. So get get used to some more games like this, Bills Mafia. 
All right, Scott, what was your take from across the pond? And feel free to comment on it because we, you were part of that discussion at the end of the game about whether they should have gone for it or not. So, you know, if you feel like that's yeah, a conversation yeah, worth having, I'll, let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll engage briefly at the end. I think, I think, um, yeah, I will say it wasn't, um, yeah, it was certainly not a pretty game from the Bills. And, and we shouldn't have expected it to be with the amount of injuries that we had coming in and guys who were, even if they were healthy for this game, like Poyer, um, you know, a heroic effort coming out there and obviously kind of game, game turning, game clinching plays um, at, at various points to, to kind of, um, to, to gut it out and be out there. And, and I think, um, I think I'll also say like, it was too, a, Scott, which is also another contributing factor, I think, to the ugliness of the game. The big, definitely a, a weather kind of, uh, obstructed game. Again, I, I could kind of, I was, I was getting annoyed because I could almost hear the, well, the weather was kind of bad and, you know, they got <laughs> off the bad start. And I was going to I was going to start lying into people if that was how the game ended, because, like, look, this is the NFL. Everyone has to play in weather sometimes. Like, you can't just assume that the Super Bowl is going to be played in a 70 degree, you know, kind of controlled stadium, even though, yes, it almost always is. The AFC championship is not. And so, you know, you have to be able to do that. And so they, they were. And, and that's pleasing. Um, they were able to get over the close game hump, which I know has been something that has has circulated in circles that, like, you know, they never quite get the close game. I don't think that's been proven out as true obviously in close games individual things turns the game kind of matter more and whether it's you know yeah and that's where an individual like roughing the passer call does end up kind of having a bit of an outsized uh you know impact on things but again it was it was tied going into those last couple minutes so i don't think it was any any of those could be really said as game winning or game losing um i think yeah frank and i were discussing briefly i think the the thing that confused me a bit was we clearly got to I think the situation was about a minute three left. Yeah. Um, Bills at the one yard line functionally, and what is what is your decision at that point? And the Bills chose, you know, take two or three gimme runs down and try and and uh, you know and and just not try and score, but just don't fumble. And then hope that the battery operation works successfully from snapper to holder to kicker. And yeah, Bass nails, you know, obviously uh, basically a college level, you know, extra point. And I think there are obviously both high probabilities. I think if it was me, I probably would have thought about maybe one eat, eat, eat the clock play. And then after that, I probably would have tried to get it in either with an Allen sneak or you know, maybe maybe Singletary um, kind of left or right, or maybe a boot with Allen. Um, nothing too risky. Maybe like a little shovel option, you know, where you have the tight end go out there. But basically something that was high probability and low, 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 low risk, just because I just feel like uh, in, a, in a weather slicked kind of game where you're dealing with a kicking ball and things can go wrong, I feel like I'd rather take the option of trying to just ice the game then and and take the six, um, even if that gives them 30 seconds left or 25 seconds left mm-hmm. um, after you kind of spike or after you kind of take one knee equivalent knee. I, I feel like I'm more confident in us being able to keep them out of the end zone. Now, obviously, we've we've had issues with that. Um, you know, clearly, 13 seconds would, would I was suggest. Say, I was like I felt like. I was waiting to bring that one up. Like, yeah, and I, I get that. 
Um, but I'd also say I, I was like, also going to bring up that Scott is clearly of the three of us the one who does the most risk assessment related work in his occupation. Yeah, so, so we yeah. we're not. That's why we're listening. You know, I was going to bring that up, but obviously that's why you know we're we're talking about it because Scott is not a dummy. It is. It it's it's it's. I think I think it would be one of those things where you'd want to run the percentages, and and I don't know if the bills have that algorithm in their pre-game kind of algorithm. You know, when you're down by this, the best way to do it by this. When you're up by this, the best way to play it is this. I don't know how much they're doing that, but I would be interested in what the analytics would tell you of of what the the what what chances improve your odds of winning the most. Again, you're dealing with a marginal difference. You know, your chances of winning at that point are probably 98% either way. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, you know, it's something. It's an it's a kind of an academic argument. But I I, I could have gone another way, I guess. Okay. I was going to say you rightly we were in the first half we we were talking about the weather because I had said that I had said that you know like a lot of this stuff is drops you know like a lot of the problems in the first half were I mean Devin Singletary Stefan Diggs had a like his yearly drop um and and your first thought was like well like they're professionals and my thought was like yes they are professionals that's what I'm trying to say like we need to now actually catch the football. I was like, I was only trying to point out initially that mm-hmm. my feelings were like, you know, there's not a terrible game plan. There are good things happening. Um, but, you know, but they need to hold on to the football, which isn't to say that everything was working and it was just drops because Allen definitely threw a couple of passes that, you know, bounced in and out of Ravens hands. Uh, you know, the the first pick, of course, gets tipped twice, once by Knox, once by a person at the, at the line. That's something that we might end up having to, to keep an eye on too because they they really clogged the lane the passing lanes that might be a new yeah it might be a new tech because the dolphins did that with a mild bit of success too and yeah. you knock down those third down passes that that can change the approach a bit well especially when you you know you're he's a he's excellent against the blitz and he likes to create and things break down and he's very comfortable with it you know they definitely sacked him a few times um, they, uh, he, they tipped the ball. So the Ravens had a decent, good game plan, but I think that when you're playing on this shoestring type of, of approach against the bills, it, it can fall apart quickly, you know, and if a healthier team or a slightly better weather in either one of those games, you know, maybe, maybe it's a thing that like, it's not even close, you know? So I'm, I'm hopeful that some of this is just a matter of, um, these, these, these last two games is a matter of, uh, is a matter of injury and that that can write itself as, as the team hopefully gets healthier. I think the other thing I was going to mention was that the bills finally won their close game, which was good. They needed, that's a nice thing that we don't have to read about anymore about them not winning close games. And then that Allen's uh, average in the air past ball is way down than from last year. And that's because there's like no messing around. Like they're, they're clearly, game planning and comfortable with the idea of teams want to take away the top from them, the cover two shell. So what, what are we going to do? Our plan is to distribute the ball to different people underneath, let them create and not hesitate and get our five, six yards at a time. And eventually we think we will outlast you, you know? And I, I, I think that for teams that can pull that off, it's probably your best bet unless you, unless you have, a marquee quarterback that can go toe to toe these team, you know what a spoiler alert, guess what? I think the Steelers are going to do this week. I think the Steelers are going to come in and try and take the top off and keep everything underneath and force 
you know, hit the Bills a little extra hard, see if they can get the ball to come out. Probably won't cry any tears if somebody comes up limping, and that'll be their game plan. And it'll be a matter of if the Bills can maintain it long enough until they can break it open uh, or not. And I think that a lot of teams are going to approach them that way. And we'll have to see if uh, if, it, if it's successful. Um, as to some of the stuff, I mean, I think Paul uh, mentioned the, uh, the, the, the whining and the, the troublesome calls both ways. I agree. I think that there were definitely troublesome calls both ways. I am completely here for the idea, idea that Josh Allen sold uh, and, and complained his way into a roughing the passer flag. And guess what? I give no shits about that. I think that's awesome. And if Lamar Jackson had been doing more with the football, perhaps he too could have complained his way into a 15-yard penalty. Uh, and, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. That is how this game has been developed. And what kind of person, you know, wouldn't try and do all that stuff to his advantage anyway? So the guy for Ravens.com who feels like it's a good idea to complain about referees who literally works for the club, you know, Good luck, because I can't really imagine Chris Brown doing that. The last thing I want to say, I, I I feel like I think that the defense really has outshined the offense in a lot of ways in, in, in this, because they've really demonstrated the depth of the defense. Like, I don't think anybody knew. Like, I remember we were talking about needing cornerback death depth um, at the beginning. You know, that was maybe a place where everybody felt a little thin. We weren't sure. Um, yeah. Well, don't say cornerback death with this team because they've I come know, really. shockingly I, close on a couple occasions this year. Yeah, no, seriously. And I, I apologize for the, the misspeak, uh, which isn't to say we couldn't use cornerback depth now. But <laughs> we went through the depth, you know, and it was still pretty good. Uh, and so, you know, I'm really sort of impressed with with that. I think that the Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano's play has been excellent. I think it's really great how it's evolved from um with a, a pass rush that doesn't require any blitzing, how they've really been able to handle the middle of the field. Um, they, they look great. And, you know, even the young corners are all doing really well. And so I'm really impressed with, once again, Leslie Frazier should be a head coach. He's not, I really would like him to get a Super Bowl ring with the bills this year because he's, he's excellent and he's put these guys in great position and they've identified a lot of really good talent um, that has, uh, has depth. And it's really sort of shown, through this week and the last really even against the dolphins i felt like they 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 did a good job defensively mostly okay um yeah yeah jordan poirier was named afc defensive player of the week big deal is he in three stars that's what we need to know so um scott can you give us our, can you give us our three stars for this week against the ravens yes i will and we will start with the honorable mentions as we often do uh honorable mentions go to uh, Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey for the Ravens uh, in a good kind of de- first half defensive effort, obviously uh, having trouble dealing with the, the Ravens have a good defense. I mean, I think that was the other thing that we didn't, we didn't quite touch on is you know, obviously the bills were dropping passes, but the Ravens were on those guys. They were putting Allen under pressure. The offensive line looked confused and, and they had issues and that's the credit to the Ravens in the first half for having a good kind of first half game plan and obviously having good players like, Williams and and especially you know all over their their defense, um, Queen, uh, Williams, Peters, Campbell, you know uh, Humphreys, all all guys, <laughs> Tony Siracusa, yeah, um, uh, you know it's 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 a real it's a Hall of Fame rest, rest yeah. in peace, Tony. I, yeah. Tony just died a few months ago, right? A couple of weeks. Yeah, ago. yeah. Anyway, no, it's a lot. Um, but anyway. So yeah, but a good a good again. This is a good Braden's team that that we beat at home and and 
credit to them for for playing well in this game. But they did not crack the three stars. Uh, the three stars go to um, third star uh, goes to Josh Allen. Again, very close of falling out of three stars. Mm. With again, like last week, I thought, I thought, well, this was the bad Josh Allen performance. This was. It's tough to say. This is a different breed of bad Josh Allen performance in the sense of like, you know, last week he threw for 450 yards in a loss. And this week he threw for 213 yards in a win. And that's kind of the point. Like he, it is as much as important as the quarterback is, there are other things going on the field. Um, but obviously the, the 70 yards rushing really in the second half kind of taking over and, and being willing to really, again, put his life, his life, it is his life, um, but more specifically his body on the line in that second half. And, and more, I remember telling Frank at some point or, or the guys in the group chat that, you know, it seems like that's how we, it, it, we were down. I think it was after scoring the first uh, touchdown in the second half. I was like, seems like the only way we're going to win this game is, is, uh, is Allen and Diggs because they were the only ones doing anything on offense. Singletary had been pretty much neutralized by that point, And obviously the receivers are otherwise fairly banked up and we're having trouble separating against a good Ravens defense. And Allen really put the team on his back and, and got those 70 yards rushing, got the touchdown on the ground. Um, again, otherwise, you know, the, obviously the interception in the first half, you know, a bit of, you know, a tough decision, you know, I forget, was that one went up? Was that deflected? Or it was deflected, but was he, just, he definitely was, threw one or two that should have been that weren't. So but also also were were kind of dangerous throws. Yeah. And and could have been caught. So so yeah, third star seems seems about right for Josh. Um, we will go second star with with Matt Milano. Last week, I think I gave it to Edmonds. This week, Milano gets the gets the crown with the two tackles for loss, as well as 11 uh, solo tackles. Um, again, all over the field, both him and Edmonds, another great week. Again, a, a really, like Frank said, again, showing a lot of depth. Um, guys, practice squad, defensive tackles getting called up and dealing with J.K. Dobbins and Lamar Jackson and and really neutralizing them, not letting them blow up for 40 points. And yeah, the weather helps too, but you know, it, it they did enough to to win the game and to to not just win the game, but really hold a, a fairly good offense down um for about about, you know, for for really kind of after the the Leslie Frazier um, kind of halftime adjustment shut it down after that. And then your first star goes to Jordan Poyer, obviously with the six tackles, but the the two huge uh, interceptions including the game kind of game changing one in the end zone. Um, obviously great pressure on the play from the defensive line. I want to say it was, I think it was Rousseau who again has been sneaky good kind of this whole season, getting better at rushing the passer, um, not always showing up on the sack list, but still getting better. And I feel like it might've been settle one of the other kind of number two defensive ends, uh, number two defensive tackles who's getting in to push, to push Jackson back. Um, and then putting him into a decision where he knew, you know, he had to try and win the game with a back foot throw. And I think it was and Shaq to, Lawson to, actually was one of them. It was, was Lawson. Shaq okay. coming off one end there. I'd have to look at the replay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Shaq was. was one of them. Yeah, but it was, um, but yeah, and then obviously Poyer, you know, staying with his guy, being mentally aware, being an all pro safety knowing that, um, you know, he had to, he had to make a play and making it and, and having the good sense to kind of bring it down and get it down in bounds. Um, the skill to do that again, just, a, you know, again, if, if he doesn't, if he is out of position or doesn't make that play, then are the, are the bills going to lose? I don't know for sure, but you'd sure as hell rather be the Ravens at that point. 
up 27-20 with two minutes left. Um, it doesn't mean the other team's going to lose, but yeah, you'd, you'd still take the points. Um, and and the defense is again, as Frank said, really really playing um, well beyond their pay grade given the amount of guys that we've had injured and dinged um, with Oliver out. Um, and obviously Trey White now just getting off the pup list this week, but still won't be back for a couple of weeks. So, and then Hyde done for the year, just really great performance by the Bills in general, but especially the defense and especially our first star, Jordan Poyer. Dun, dun, dun. Jordan Poyer earned himself a week off. So <laughs> he'll take it. He needs it. It sounds like, uh, okay. Yeah. So we have a lot of people injured. I, Paul and I have our tweeters open to see if there's any more uh, yeah, bills that yet. I haven't seen any notes from uh, practice yet. Um, so I am trying to keep on there top of that. There is someone who's retweeted a uh, Steelers fan retweet bills injury report. And it's Chris Jer- a shot of Chris Jericho reading his man of a thousand and two holds list in the middle yes. of the ring. Arm bar. Right. Um, fair. Okay. Uh, so the bills know, uh, uh, Jameson Crowder, he has he has a broken ankle. He's done. He he's he's done uh, for the year, I think. Uh, Christian Beneford still out with a hand. Hopefully he can come back. Uh, Dawson Knox continues with the 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 foot hamstring issue that's hobbled him basically the whole season. Right. And last week he was out with hip not out, but he he was on the injured list with hip back. So he is just he's he's, he's jacked apart. up. Yeah. Uh, Jake Kumarau, is he also done for the year? Is that no, fair? it's a high ankle sprain, so I would That's guess like at least until after the bye, based yeah. on that, but we'll see. And then Jordan Poyer finished the game, but has rib issues, did not practice at all this week. Those guys didn't practice. They are already ruled out against the uh, Steelers. The see, Tremaine Edmonds has a hamstring. He has not practiced uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see if that changes today. Limited, but but with positive notes on it from, from McDermott. Uh, Ed Oliver, um, he was limited. Jordan Phillips also limited. This was with a hamstring. Isaiah McKenzie um, is in concussion protocol, but was out there in a red non-contact jersey and was spotted around town doing things. And so there, there, there's hope that perhaps his his concussion has cleared up very quickly. Um, Murray is out with a, a foot injury. Um, and that's... Oh, and then full participants, right. Uh, Gabe Davis, Mitch Morse, and um, why am I blanking on Lewis's first name? Sam. Yeah, Cam Lewis. Thank you. They were all full um, participants uh, in practice, so they are fully expected to play, which is good. Um, But yeah, the the Bills, and from what I remember, the the Steelers actually have a fairly lengthy defensive list of people, uh, top of the list being TJ Watt, who's done for quite a while still. Um, but won't be making this game. And then a large part of their secondary was banged up. And I think they, yeah, I Mika think most of them moved from, questionable. I yeah. think uh, Terrell Edmonds, uh, not his, not to be confused with his brother Tremaine, he's questionable with the concussion. And those are just the defensive, those are just the safeties. And I know Cam Hayward said he's going to play uh, the defensive tackle, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Cam Sutton also said he's probably ready to play the cornerback, but Again, I guess we'll find out Sunday. <laughs> Before we get to listener questions, which, Paul, if you want to pull them up, if we had any, yep. I don't know. We did. Um, we had a few. I realized that we've, we've played four games, guys, and so we've done our first quarter. Uh, oh, yeah, we, I didn't do the quarter pre. The, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Three and one. I think that we had talked about three and one and two and two. I don't think anybody, any of us picked four and oh. No. But I don't think anybody of us had the Dolphins game being the loss. I think everybody looked at no. Titans and Ravens no. and didn't quite know what to do with those. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, or Rams. Yeah, um, so, you know, weird injuries changed the whole preview. But I think uh, as we go around, let me read off the, the games that we're going to play. But I think one of the things you can say first is uh, how you feel about three and one through the first four games, given everything. Um, but on the slate, I'm going to give you five games. We're going to do Steelers, obviously, on Sunday. You can save that one. Uh, the big 430 tilt against the Chiefs on October 16th, Sunday, October 16th. Then they get the bye week. Then they have the Packers on the 30th on Sunday night football. And then they do the Jets, one, two, three, four, on November 6th at 1 o'clock. Uh, that's in New York. Sorry, so we're we're home against Steelers, at the Chiefs, home against the Packers, at the Jets, home against the Vikings on the 13th. Those are the next five games. Um, you know, one NFC game, one AFC East, sorry, two NFC games, one AFC East games, and, uh, you know, three AFC total games, including one against a presumptive division winner in the Chiefs. Uh, Scott, how do you feel about, uh, first of all, the first four games, and, and what's your kind of guess <laughs> at this next chunk of the, the record? Or, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this... The story is injuries for the, the story is injuries for the first four games, right? I mean, it, it's and persevering, persevering through them on some level. I think um, we we for me at least, I, I think the biggest thing I was worried about this season was was injuries, and I think we saw what happens when a team gets injured is that you can go into Miami and lose to a fairly mediocre kind of Dolphins team, um, and I think uh, I think the season will bear that out. I don't think Miami's that good, and I think it'll show at the end of the season. But it's easy to lose to mediocre teams when you're dinged. And um, I think the Bills have done great work getting through as much as they have, um, including the, this Ravens game, which I think they had every excuse in the world to kind of just be like, look, it wasn't our week. You know, we're at the Ravens. A lot of guys dinged. It's raining. We got down early. It would have been very easy for them to just phone it in. I was extremely pleased that they had the, the fortitude to just kind of keep playing, keep keep hanging in and just grind out a very important come from behind in conference win against a team that has a good chance at being a, a division winner potentially at the end of the season. So I, I'm pleased with that. And I think, I think we're going to need some more fortitude in two weeks with this chiefs game because I'm still not going to be probably hundred percent. I don't know if we'll have, you know, Oliver back by then, obviously Hyde will still be gone. We won't have white back um, barring some sort of kind of miracle. So it's still going to be – I could see us losing to that Chiefs game. I think that would be tough, especially at the Chiefs. Um, but other than that, I see a lot of – I think we get healthy at the bye. I think we can take the Packers at home. I think the crowd will be revved up for a big home game against a premier kind of league opponent. I think it will be like that. I think the atmosphere will be very similar to opening night against the Rams, and I think it will just be – I think the Bills will come out um, raring to go, coming off of having, having stewed over a loss. And kind of looking at you know, well to say four and two um, coming into the coming into the bye. Um, so I think that's a win, and I think the Jets game is a win as well. I think the Jets are scrappy and and dangerous, much like Miami. I, I'd say Miami is less scrappy and more just Miami is overly talented, but not kind of cohesive and consistent. I would say I would put uh, the Jets in the less talented but scrappier and kind of. Um, back against the wall, nothing to lose kind of approach. Um, so I, I still think the Bills will win um, one of these Jets games close and one by a big win. I think this one could be the close win because it'll be at, at the Meadowlands, but I still think the, the Bills will win. So those are the next three for me. 
Right. And yeah, I would, I'm not going to recap the first four too much because I think Scott did such a good job analyzing that. It was, yeah, it was more persevering through the injuries, emerging out of that three and one. I don't really have any criticisms of how they've handled it. There's some play calls here and there that, of course, we'd all like to have back. I'm sure Ken Dorsey would like to have back. But to deal with what they've had to deal with early this year and be able to get through it, I will say if they can go into the bye in a couple of weeks with with four wins with the schedule they've had because these teams that they've played are all doing fairly well. I think the Rams are, are two and two. The Titans are two and two and two. Yeah, so they're slower, but they're they'll. I have a feeling they'll both be division winners possibly at the end of the year. So you know, kudos to them for going through that. And yeah, I think my my picks are going to align pretty well with Scott. That Chiefs game, that's going to be. The Chiefs on the road is tough. Every game that's here is winnable and losable. But I look at the Chiefs game and think they're going to be an underdog for that. They'll deserve to be an underdog. The Chiefs have played, with the exception of losing to Indianapolis, uh, which that can happen sometimes. Uh, yes. Just, uh, you know, that they're, they're a strong team. You're going on the road. You're not going to be in full health. So I'm going to same rationale Scott used on that. I think they beat the Packers uh, as, a, as a history buff. Uh, the I like to note that the Packers are the only team uh, in the NFL that has never won in Buffalo, which says something because mm. they've been playing each other for 50 years, even though they play each other only every six to eight seasons. Uh, they're, they're, or excuse me, they only play in Buffalo every six to eight seasons. So, you know, I think that streak keeps alive. Uh, I look at the, I don't even look at the Packers barely beating the Pats as a big deal. I think the Packers played like crap and got away with it. Uh, I think they'll be stronger against the Bills, but I think they're, they'll have the week off. They'll be healthier, all the reasons Scott noted. Jets game, yeah, I say, same as Scott. I don't think the Jets are a walking mat anymore. They are scrappy, I think was the right word, even though it reminds me of Scrappy-Doo, which is my least favorite Scooby character. I think that, you know, they're they're going to come out. They're going to play well. I think this is going to be a closer game. But you look talent-wise, the Bills are just above and beyond where the Jets are at this point. Zach Wilson is still a young quarterback, very much developing, hasn't shown the consistency yet, which certainly Josh Allen wasn't doing uh, early into his second season either. So, you know, it just makes sense that, that this will be a closer win. And then the, the other game would be the Vikings game. Again, Vikings off to a great start. Uh, Jefferson's doing well. Thielen's doing These are some great receivers. I'm hopeful uh, the Trey White is back at this point. I think that could change the outlook of the game because the Vikings have one of the strongest receiving cores that the Bills will face on the, the rest of the season. But I think that ends up being a, a Bills win, too. All right. Let's actually mention Trey White because he should be part of the injury report now in yes. that he has not practiced, but he's eligible to practice. So it's worth mentioning. That right. That and once he not. starts practicing, in just case, our, oh, Friday injury report came out 30 seconds ago. Um, really? Frank, you can look at that while I, uh, you know, talk about Trey White, which is, yeah, after he practices, then the team has 21 days to activate him from the, the PUP list. And at that point, he either goes to the active roster and then you've got to cut someone or move someone else to IR. Uh, or Trey has to go on IR for at least four weeks and miss four games after that. So okay. uh, that's where we are now. And as I, I see yeah, as I pull practice. this out, <laughs> yeah, as I pull this out, right? Uh, no new people are listed as out. Questionable people include Tremaine Edmonds, who did not practice all week. Isaiah McKenzie is listed as questionable. He practiced at a limited basis again today. Uh, Justin Murray went from limited to full, so he should be available. Okay. Um, let me see. Gabe Davis is full rest day. I'm trying to weed out all the people who had veteran rest days. Um, <laughs> Daquan Jones didn't practice Wednesday, had Thursday and Friday off and is listed as a veteran rest day. So he's just didn't practice this week to, to, I don't know how to nap. 
Um, Cam Lewis, full. Uh, yeah, McKenzie, I said, is limited and unquestionable. Von Miller, rest day. Mitch Morse, Justin Murray, both full today. Uh, here we go. Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, limited again. So both of them limited all week and listed as questionable. Roger Saffold uh, did not practice Wednesday. Um, and he has, that's it. He was just at a veteran rest day. Okay. That, you know what? That's why that's who did I say that about before Daquan Jones yeah, didn't he, practice he was, Wednesday. The next two dashes are cause he did practice, although they should have written full to be honest. Right. Um, they, they should have, because it does confuse things. And then yeah, right. Von, Von Miller was actually the one guy this week. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take Wednesday off and Friday off. But I guess right. when you're Von Miller, you're like, I just need to practice Thursday and I'll, right. I'll be good to go. Right. Um, so yes. So in addition to the people that we said were out, you now have, Oliver Phillips, McKenzie, and Edmonds all listed as questionable. There's is I'm shocked to see Edmonds questionable, by the way. Normally, if someone doesn't practice all week in Victor Madeira, they're out. They're yeah. at least doubtful. Yeah, we ha- we still have doubtful, right? Doubtful is We one do. That doubtful we still is still a designation, though not okay. used as much. Okay. So there you go. Um, and then I just was looking to see if there's any new news on Tua Tagovailoa, who won't be playing this week because we were talking about the scrappiness of the Dolphins. Um, their scrapping, their scrappiness quotient might need to go up if he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go. Well, they, they also, well, you might argue that the Dolphins are too scrappy in terms of um, trying to fight through <laughs> yes. injuries, perhaps. Perhaps but they're a little. Who's, yeah. who's to say? They, they've loaded up all their scrap. I just noticed that the the coach was again talking about something funny or cool that Tua Tagovailoa did during like practice. He said like, "Hey guys," uh, and I was just like, "You don't get it." Like watching. Watching movies is not like nobody thinks that's like funny or good evidence that he's okay. Like you clearly don't understand concussions. Um, let's see. Uh, a cor- the Steelers just came out. The cornerback Witherspoon is out. He's not. He's not practicing. Cameron Sutton and Terrell Edmonds are both listed as questionable. They were limited today. Everybody else was full practice, including Levi Wallace, etc. Um, so they look like they're going to have quite a bit uh, of people available versus. You know, they, they're still down two corners in a safety, but they're not down as much as people thought they might be. Okay, so we should get to listener questions, yeah? Yep, David Furster's got a couple here. Um, I, I can read the first one. Oh, yeah, let me pull them up too, because you're going to do the next segment. Yep. So. so David's first question, this is a good one, because we didn't talk about this at all. Uh, how concerned should we be about the inability of the offensive line to run block? Uh, I heard that the guards in particular have been struggling. Yeah, I, I think everyone's been struggling. I think... Yeah, it has been a, a problem and we haven't talked about because the team has been able to endure throughout it. And as we qualify every time we address similar questions, we none of us are going to say, you know, the bill should be more run heavy. No, no, no. Just when you run it, be more effective when you run it. And I remember thinking that in the Miami game that they were running too much almost because they weren't being successful. And then I looked and Josh Allen threw the ball 63 times I'm like, OK, so I guess they're not running too much, but they do need to figure out how to be successful here. And yeah, I think it's a, it's a concern, you know, Bates is in a new position. He's switched to the other side of the line at guard. Saffold has not been as we, we hoped. Um, Dawkins has been probably the best in run blocking, but he's been pretty average. You know, they're designed to be pass blockers, which makes sense based on how the bills offense skews. But yeah, this, this can be problematic. And in games like weather games, which are certainly going to come up more in December. So it would be nice to be able to run the ball with more effectiveness than they've shown. So I'm, I'm a bit concerned about that. The um, there was an article about how teams actually run more effectively out of shotgun, which I didn't get to read the whole thing, but that seemed appealing to me as a bills fan. Like, yeah, line them up in shotgun and 
I think the thing with the Bills is there always has to be the threat of the run, or sorry, the threat of the pass, and then that's where your your run yardage is going to come from when, when they're out of position. They're they're just not built that way. They're they're much more built to, you know, throw slants and and get the ball out quickly um, than they are to just sort of pound it. You know, their running game is is Allen. It should be Allen, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I would like to see less Zach Moss, to be honest. I think that concentrating on Devin Singletary and seeing what James Cook can do might help focus the running game because you'll have a sense of continuity and maybe maybe there's a maybe there's some uh there's some uh truth to getting a groove and the like but for me that's kind of where I I think I would want to do I would consolidate a bit what the idea is and then go from there and and just try and you know focus on short yardage gains more so than trying to get a run Scott yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, I agree. I, I think, um, I don't know why Moss is on the field anymore. And I, I think, yeah, I, yes, it, I'd also say that the, the line on some level, if you want them practicing like they're playing, they're going to practice 75% pass plays and run, run 25% times. So, and I'm fine with that. Like they should be better at pass blocking because pass blocking is more important for this team and just in general in the league right now. So, the run blocking just in general won't be as good. I, I'm sure there are other teams that run it more and therefore spend more time run blocking and are better run blockers as a result. So I think some of this is a bit of um, you are what you choose to be. And if you're the if you're the um, the Colts and you have Jonathan Taylor, go ahead and and have a much more balanced or run first run blocking line um, and and practice that way. But for the Bills, this line needs to pass block well and they should focus on it. So. Okay, so the next question from yeah. David. Uh, what do you think about signing Odell Beckham uh, Jr., I assume, as opposed to senior? I'd lean against it. because <laughs> what Odell play- Beckham Sr. is up to now. Yeah, right, because players take a while to get back into form following an ACL injury. This is true. though, And he's well less than a year still. Those who come back too early often get hamstring injuries too. The Bills may need wide receiver help, but I prefer they look elsewhere. Uh, to this, I sort of think of the Xavier Rhodes signing in that – it didn't hurt anything to sign Xavier Rhodes. It's kind of not my problem that he has a leg injury right now. Like I, I feel bad for him. I want him to be okay. But like from a perspective of like the Bills, like I, if he becomes healthy in the next couple of weeks, then they're going to have a good corner available to them. And I think maybe the same with OBJ. If they if they think he's healthy and they want to try him, well, he's a he's a gamble up. The worst is you know you'd have to ask yourself if. You know, Tavon Austin just left this team because he felt like he wasn't going to get playing time. So they in, had a settlement with him. He's not on the practice squad anymore. He's gone. He's going to go find some roles to play. So the number, the amount of talent at wide receiver that can fit in to this offense is limited. It's really limited. And I don't think anybody thinks you can go out and get do better. What you need is a body. So if Tavon Austin can't find his way into this offense with all the injuries. I think the only people who have a chance are people with upside like like OBJ. And I think that that's kind of why I would lean towards it because otherwise you're just swapping the deck, dares, deck chairs on the Titanic. You're not really doing anything, you know? You just, you know, you're not going to find a guy. The only other type of guy you'd want is the type of wide receiver who can play special teams, which is a completely different type of animal from what that is. But I don't know. I'm okay with it, Scott. Do you do you have any strong feelings on I'm not, Beckham? 
I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not terribly opposed. I know that there have been some controversial kind of issues and, and disciplined things and that kind of stuff. I think at this point, uh, you know, he was able to, to come to the Ravens or come to the Rams last year, and those were fairly minimal from what I recall there. Didn't spend a ton of time in the headlines and had more important catches for the Rams than, I think, disciplinary issues. So in that sense, I think it was a good signing by them. I'd say, and even more so, like at this point, it doesn't make sense to sign him. If you signed him right now, he wouldn't be playing. Uh, I, I'd say, you know, give it another month, whatever. And then he's not like, he's not rehabbing with the team. And if we're going to assume that he's a bad influence, which who knows if he is or isn't, he's not around the team as much. So at that point, you're really just renting him for the last two months in the playoffs once you get to Thanksgiving. Um, I think, or uh, Halloween, really. Um, I, I think that's fine. I mean, if we wanted to get him now, I wouldn't throw a hissy fit. I think this regime, unfortunately, unfortunately for unfortunately for us podcasters, we need to find things to criticize, has developed a great deal of credibility with me. So if they felt like they had done their research and diligence, um, as long as it doesn't involve like college kickers in Arizona, then I'd be willing to give them a bit of a rope on this. How about that? All right. That's a good way to to put it. Yeah, in in being I trust, I've I've said that before too. Per Von Miller, this is a done deal. He's guaranteed OJ OBJ is coming to Buffalo. And yeah, I, I don't think they do it soon, but as you guys identified, this is it would be low risk. Hey, the Chiefs signed Kelvin Benjamin after the Bills come in 2018 for the playoffs. He didn't play and he didn't help, but he certainly didn't hurt either. He was just a healthy scratch, uh, because he couldn't play. And yeah, OBJ, you're not having him beyond this year. If you can squeeze him under the cap, do it. And if he he didn't cause any real drama with the Rams that I remember, as Scott pointed out. And if he does cause drama, what do you, you can just cut him. And again, you don't have to worry about any of that contract beyond 2022. So, you know, why not? You're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. Uh, he's a guy who could con- conceivably help you win a Super Bowl. So, like like Frank brought up with Xavier Rhodes. Hey, if Xavier Rhodes helps, gives us depth that helps us to win a Super Bowl, I sign all the Xavier Rhodes as you need to, including OBJ. Right. Silence. That's what we like. We lost Frank. Right. No, I was on mute. My bad. Okay. My bad. Uh, David Leary wants to know after last night's punt slash field goal exhibition, which would be the, the Broncos game. Um, you, you recap, uh, historical bills games without any touchdowns, because that might keep us grounded in the Josh Allen era. I quickly looked to see if there was a way to sort, uh, you know, 60 years of, of game logs and I didn't find it in time. So I couldn't right, even right. identify, but there is the one that's legend that we watched it, uh, at RFK. The old bar. Yep. Well, oh, no. no, that one, that was, there were touchdowns in that game, but the bills, I think that the bills score one. They had like six Lindell field goals that day. I don't remember mm-hmm. if they scored it. I was thinking of their loss to the Browns in 09 on yes. October 11th, six to three, six to three, where winning quarterback, Derek Anderson, uh, of the Browns put up these numbers, two completions, 17 attempts, 23 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, they did well with Jamal Lewis cause he rushed for 117 yards, but it was 31 carries. Uh, Trent was terrible. Bills had Fred Jackson, Marshawn Lynch, Terrell Owens, Lee Evans in the lineup somehow, uh, couldn't manage three points. It was, that was, yeah, this game. The he- well, the headline that- for- yeah. The headline from Bleacher Reports, worst game ever, Browns win 6-3, every viewer <laughs> loses. Yeah. 
that was, I mean, I watched, I, since I, I mean, I had the entire Broncos Colts game on last night, but I was missing, I missed a Colts field goal drive entirely because I was putting together this day in Bill's headlines. And I remember thinking like, wow, this is pathetic, but like, this was still better than that game <laughs> where you, know you were what? just waiting for that. And that game was decided on a Roscoe Parrish fumbling a punt at his own 10 yard line. The Browns having a negative five yard drive and then kicking a field goal. Well, I'd like to say this just briefly. Derek Anderson, of course, started with the after that performance, he was done with the Browns that year in 2009. And nine years later, he would sign with the Buffalo Bills because they said, you know what we need? That guy who went two for 17. (laughs) And shockingly, he never won a game as a Bills starter. No, not shocking. There's nothing shocking about that. No, (laughs) not at all. Uh, and that's it for Bill's questions um, this week or with us. MNY Bill's on Twitter if you want to get a hold of us. But we should get to this day in Bill's headlines and then talk about this 14-point uh, uh, spread against the Steelers. Which, so, that, that's ridiculous to me, but we will yeah. get to that when we get to it. So, yeah, this day in Bill's headlines. Today is October 7th, everyone. We will have 10 headlines from this day dating back the last 32 years. So let's see how you guys do on this. Uh, I'm confident in the early going. We'll see how it goes when we get down. So we're going to go to 2021 first. Blank named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. It is the first time in Blank's career that he's been named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He's the first Bills defensive player to earn the weekly honor from the NFL since linebacker AJ Klein in week 12 last season against the Los Angeles Chargers. Blank who currently leads the Bills with 21 tackles this season, racked up five total tackles, defended a pass, and had one of the team's four interceptions in the 40-0 route of the Texans. How about Matt Milano? You are in the right position, Frank, but you are got to move over. Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds. There we go. So good job, Tremaine. All right, 2019. This is a name you guys have traditionally struggled with, but I think you can get this one. Blank's NFL debut Includes game-winning TD catch as Bills beat Titans 14-7. It means a lot, Blank said, finding the Bills 14-7 victory over the Titans. It sends the Bills into their bye week with a 4-1 record. Robert Foster. Nope. uh, This was the other one. Yes, one the other one. Uh, the other wide receiver we never remember. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll skip his quote where he thanks God and his teammates and all that. But uh, <laughs> I'll give some some other hints that might help uh, from the article. The ex Eskimos receiver took almost all of Zay Jones's snaps this week, oh. and the former second round pick spot on the roster no. could be in jeopardy. We'll be working overtime during the bye week, and of course, as we know, Zay was traded uh, during that bye week. This is an undrafted free agent from Auburn. Signed yeah. a three-year contract with the Rams in 20. Foster's from Alabama. Right, so it's the not Foster. Was... This guy was cut. He ended up with the Edmonton Eskimos for a few seasons. Uh, spent 2019-2020 with the Bills. Started the playoff game against the Texans. He had 10 targets in that playoff game against the Texans. Uh, he was released from IR by the Bills in 2021, and he's since been playing with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Though he was suspended in July of 2022 after. Uh, pulling a Miles Garrett. He took the helmet off Argonauts defensive back Shaquille Richardson and threw it at him during warmups. So, yeah, well, yeah. that was the thing on him was he had he had anger issues from from Auburn, and he yep. ended up that was there. It scared a lot of teams away, and <laughs> and even though he's physically physically very, he was a great receiver. Like he had a lot of talent, but it was the discipline issues that were the problem, and a bit of the mental kind of piece of the game as well. Yep. But I cannot remember his name. All right, I'll give this, so I will this, say his this, name this, is is Mickey Mouse. Angry Mick Angerson. 
Michael Mouse. Uh, the last very quick hint I'll give shares the exact same name as a Bills defensive back from about four seasons before. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> now it's just like, now I'm just kicking you while you're down. Fine. I'll give the Aston Yabodi. It's Duke Williams. Duke Williams. Duke Williams. Damn it. All right. You'll get him. I, I usually bring him up in a quiz about Williams, Duke Williams, Robert Foster. It would be great. I've paired them. Now there's a link. They're tied (laughs) together in my head because I didn't understand why I can't remember. And it's because my brain, you know, all brains work through networks. Right. And now I understand, now I understand why I don't remember them because they're not anchored to anything else. But if I anchor them to each other. Right. That can work. The Robert Foster, Duke Williams, uh, uh, paradox. Right. It, it'll be just like how you guys <laughs> cannot guess Sean Bryson without also guessing Jonathan Linton without also guessing Sammy Morris. You have right. to guess those three as a package. Yep. All right. 2018, challenging one, but a doable one. Bills promote safety blank to shore up banged up secondary. Blank's edition comes with starting safety Micah Hyde and backup Raphael Bush listed questionable to play Sunday. Neither practice this week with Hyde dealing with a groin injury and Bush a shoulder injury. Blank has played in five games in his career, all with the Carolina Panthers between the 2015 and 16 mm. seasons. More importantly, he's been in Sean McDermott's defensive system the better part mm-hmm. of the last three years. This was an uh, undrafted free agent out of James Madison, that powerhouse, by the Panthers in 2015. Uh, he played three seasons with the Bills, 2018, 19, and 20. played in 26 games and started seven. He recorded two interceptions and a sack and a half. Still doing well in the league. Played all 16 games with Detroit last year, starting nine. And he's played in all four games so far this year with Atlanta. Yeah. Also has paid some periodic visits to give some warnings to Ebenezer Scrooge, I understand. Okay. So that would be... uh, Jacob um, Barley. Yeah. Right. Slight, uh, slight variation on the name. I cheated a bit on the last name. It's not exactly Marley, but you're on the right path. Dean Marlowe? Dean Marlowe. There, there we, we go. go. Dean Marlowe. Well done, sir. Good job, Frank. All right. <laughs> 2017. Blank worries his old Buffalo Bills teammates will think he was selfish. After going without a target until late in Sunday's game, the Rams, blank, told reporters two years ago it would have been probably been different. I would have probably gone to the media and been saying whatever, trying to get the coach's attention. I felt like I was consumed and I was angry. It was affecting my relationships with the coaches and with the players. I wanted to be great so bad, but I was also selfish too because there were some games that we won and I didn't get the ball and I was upset. So he's a he was a Ram when he did this? He was a Ram when he said these things, yes. Okay, so, uh, so Robert you're, Woods? You're, it's not it's Robert he, Woods. But he was a Bill. But he was a Bill. Right. Robert Woods a is a great guess because he was a former he Bill. He was a Bill who then succeeded with the Rams. Rams. Right. right. This guy has bounced around a lot since then, but he is a big name. It's not one of those you have to search too hard through the Rolodex for. Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr. My knowledge, not a Bill. Could be, Sammy, though. Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is the answer. He was traded Sammy to Watkins. the Rams and spent one yeah. season there before he ended up with Kansas Chiefs. City and Baltimore, and I forgot where he is now. Is it Indianapolis Eagles now? Eagles, maybe? He's somewhere. Frank can look that up. <laughs> um, all right, this one could be a tougher one. It's easier for me because back when Frank used to run our Twitter account, he followed this guy because he was a Bill oh, at the he's, time. Oh, sorry, he's with the Packers, so we'll see Packers. him in a few weeks. There oh, we yeah, we will. We'll be, we're looking forward to it, Sammy. All right, 2011. Bills turn to blank to replace injured Demetrius Bell. 
I'm very excited, Blank said. This will be something to remember every practice you have to prepare for being the guy. If you're on the active roster, you're only one snap away from playing. Uh, you know your team will call on you at some point. It came a little earlier than I thought, but I'm ready for it. So this is a rookie fourth-round pick by the Bills in 2011 out of Clemson. Played 41 games with the Bills in 2011, 12, and 14. He missed 2013. Uh, started 15 games, then played three seasons with the Chargers, where he played 33 games and started 16 of those. This is before Ray Ray McLeod. Eh? Right. This is, and I, I, yeah, I should have said, remember, this player replaces Demetrius Bell. So you're looking for oh, right. the, end, yeah, the offensive for, line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing and I've kept following him on Twitter, even though he hasn't been a Bill in years, because he actually is a very interesting guy. That helps you not at all. I just thought I'd bring that up. So you said it was it was 2011. 2011. He was a rookie at that point with the Bills. He was came out of Clemson, which was a good program then, but not the Clemson we no, now know. Not Clemson. Um, and so on that line would have been uh, probably Wood at center. Would have been... Yeah, it was, Era. After Levitra at Levitra guard probably would have moved on at that point. Yeah, it would have been his for last year in Buffalo or first year in Tennessee. I'm not sure which. Yeah, and then he got Spencer Brown. Then no, Spencer Brown's on the team now. Yeah, why am I backwards? I think there's another Brown though who is terrible. There's another Brown. But uh, that's not this guy. That was good. Good thinking, Frank. Sorry. Yeah. They like cut him mid year, even though he was their starting tackle. Yeah, who who is right. this? But I can't, I can't yeah. think of it. I can't I, think of any good hints either. There was, uh, yeah. the name is Chris Hairston. Oh, yeah. Chris Hairston. Chris yeah. All right. 2009, Blank moves to the middle. It's a natural position for me, Blank said. I enjoy making the calls and checks and all that. I'm excited about it. And it's not going to be that difficult of a move. I do take pride in the fact that I'm going in there during a time that we're having some problems. I've always felt that the mic is the one that takes responsibility for all that. So I'm excited to be that guy. So middle linebacker. Yep. 2009. So, so is it pause or someone replacing pause? Someone replacing pause. So it's not Kiko yet. <laughs> nope. I, I feel like I give... There's some, there's some hints here that'll just give it to you, but I'll try and Arthur, give them... Arthur Motes. No, but yeah, he was around at that time. I'll try and give them an order of which I think will give it away the least to the most. Uh, okay. This was a second round pick of the 2003 NFL draft out of South Florida uh, by Kansas City. He played and started four seasons with the Chiefs and then one with the Giants in 2007, winning the Super Bowl. Avika started... Mitchell. Avika Mitchell is correct. Didn't even have to go into his ridiculous five-year contract when he played, ended up playing two years with the Bills. Right. Actually, one year and then five games. All right, good job. Um, 2005, you. bit tougher, but maybe playing video games or something, uh, this name came up. Blank has surgery on shoulder, likely to miss rest of season. Bills defensive tackle Blank will probably miss the rest of the year after having surgery on his injured right shoulder earlier this week, Coach Mike Malarkey said Friday. Bills haven't yet placed him on injured reserve. Uh, this is a Bills third round pick in 2001 out of Texas A&M. Uh, he's had five seasons with the team. He played 48 games with 25 starts. He actually started more earlier in his tenure than later because then they had guys like uh, Pat Williams and Sam Adams both in the lineup. 
Um, but Justin then he went on. Bannon? What's that, Scott? Justin, Justin Bannon's Bannon. a great guess. Wow. I wish that were right, just because that is <laughs> right in this era. It's not. No, it's not. Um, this player, after he left the Bills, he did very well in Kansas City. He played 80 games and started 60 over five seasons with them. He ended up playing 11 years in the NFL. Probably the most memorable Bills moment. You might remember their crazy 45-39 to 39 overtime win in Minnesota in 2 with just a ton of scoring at the end and then a peerless price walk-off TD. Uh, this player scored his only career touchdown with a fumble recovery in the end zone to give the Bills a fourth-quarter lead. Hmm. Tim Anderson? Uh, nope, nope, not Anderson. I'm not going to get it. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, shares the same last name as a bad Bills quarterback. Okay. Uh, Jefferson Van Pelt the third. No, worse than Van Pelt. Um, uh, and our, oh, Ed, Al uh, Edwards. Is it Edwards? Al? We'll say we'll pretend it's Al Edwards. Who is it? Ron Edwards. Ron. Ron Edwards. There we go. All right. So it was Ron Edwards. All right. 2004. Blank out for Sunday's game against Jets. Coach Mike Malarkey said center blank hurt his left leg against New England, and it's believed there's a crack in a non-weight-bearing bone in the leg. There's something there, but it's not weight-bearing, Malarkey said. It's not like you can't push off or be effective with it, but we want to be sure it's a long season. We don't want to test anything that's not sound. That seems important to be able to bear weight on your legs. I'm not a doctor, but... It does. He did not, in fact, yeah, he did, he did not play for... But he actually played... I mean, let's put it this way. He played... He was a Bill starting center for four seasons, and this was right in the middle of that, so... He did end up playing most of that season. What's that, Scott? Bill Connolly? Bill yeah. Connolly? No, that's another great... Wow, out of nowhere, Scott. You're coming... It's like you've researched all these player names, Scott, because these are some great names I haven't even thought of in years. This so one's the, a little so more obvious. Been Jonas, Jonas, Jonas Jennings on the left, right? Probably. Right. You often have guessed then... this guy, Scott, so this is a name that's in your head. Derek Dockery? No, he was... Langston Walker? Yard. Was the Broncos, was before them. Yep, Broncos seventh round pick in 1988 of Tennessee. Three Trey Teague. Trey Teague. There we go. The Denver thing that did it, or out of Tennessee, maybe. Denver did it. Yeah. All right. Denver. Two to go. Blank's Player of the Week honor has a nice ring to it. This is 1999. Blank was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his performance Monday in the Bills' 23 to 18 victory over the Miami Dolphins. He is the first Buffalo player other than Bruce Smith to win the award since Bryce Pop did so in 1997. Um, it was two plays. Blank said, Wait, sorry. Just the construction of that sentence. Shouldn't they just have said the first player since Bryce Pop? Yeah, this is, I uh, again, I'm just reading. <laughs> okay. That, I just, that someone, I, someone's editor. Still editing. The editor was like, yeah, work Bruce Smith into this sentence. Please. I forgot. I think this is a Buffalo News article. So we'll yeah, that sounds right. Um, uh, it, was okay. two it was two plays blank said sheepishly rubbing his forehead. I've done the same thing for three years. And now I get all this attention. It seems unwarranted. Uh, says he might not have been too well known outside Western New York, but the Bills have been impressed with him since they took since he took over for Chris Spielman and started the last eight games in 1997. He led Buffalo with 133. What's that? Coward? Sam Coward, he said. Not not Coward, but he, oh, it's funny. Rodgers? Uh, no, it's fine. The next sentence was going to be, he led Buffalo with 133 tackles despite missing three games last season, is second behind Sam Coward with 41 stops through four games this year. This is a 19, and boy, I, I would guess Sam Rogers after this hand. It's a 1995 round five pick by the Bills out of Illinois. 
He was a starting left inside linebacker, and he played six seasons with the Bills and then was part of the 2001 exile to San Diego, which, of course, Sam Rogers was also part of. So we lost a couple linebackers to San Diego. Um, but by the time he went to San Diego, he was a depth guy. Had one season with Atlanta after the San Diego football. season. I'm, and then... I'm sick of being wrong. I'm going to my 1995 like, football cards right now. It's like, it's like, it's not like James Posey or something. No, no, this is a guy. I mean, yeah, this is a, it's not a superstar player, but a guy who was their starter. He had 100. Think of, think along the lines of a Zach Brown type or even a That's Preston Zach. Brown. Well, you know, one of those linebackers. A, a, a compiler. A compiler. Yes, guy who's going to just make a shit ton of tackles because, you know, that's what linebackers do. But he was never anything that special. He's going to get 3,000 hits because he batted 275 for 25 years. Right. Or, or there, you know, he was banned in front of, uh, he was banned in front of Juan Soto and they want to, you know, give him a ton of yeah. good pitches because they, they want to get, you know, I'll try and get past him. Um, my, my football cards are failing me big time here. All right. Um, I'll give a first name. We'll see if that helps. John. It does not Holichek. help. Holichek. Holichek. Yes, it did help. Good job. Good job, Scott. John Holichek. All right. Last I one. I said, I said, ha- I said, I said, I said, I said, John oh, well, that's close enough. He said, yeah, Holichek. Holichek. H-O-L-E-C-K. <laughs> Which is funny, in this article, they mentioned that his, his relatives in New Jersey and his relatives in whatever other state pronounce his name differently. So like that was so. Situation. Maybe Havlicek is one way you can pronounce it too, despite the lack of a B. All right, last one. This has been a good one. Uh, let's try and end with a. This, this is another. This is a good challenge. Bills erupt in fourth quarter to win on Sunday night. The Bills put on a memorable burst in the fourth quarter to beat the Los Angeles Raiders 38-24 before 80,076 fans. They scored 24 points in six minutes and three seconds to turn a possible defeat into a sure victory. After a James Lofton 42-yard TD catch narrowed the Bills' deficit to four points, the Raiders' next drive stalled and they were forced to punt. That's when special teams ace Steve Tasker dove to block Jeff Gossett's punt and blank returned it 38 yards for a score. Nate Odoms later stripped Willie Gall to the ball and ran 49 yards for another TD to seal the win. Who returned that block punt for a TD? Uh, the hint I'll give, uh, this was a Bills first round pick, 16th overall in 1990 NFL draft out of Fresno State. So this is a rookie first rounder. Um, wound up being a disappointment. He played four seasons with the Bills, but only started 28 games and never fully captured the other starting QB role opposite Nate Odoms. He typically he seemed to lose a lot of time to Kirby Jackson during that era. Uh, ended his career with one game in San Francisco in 1996. Did play with the the Cardinals one year too, and actually had four interceptions, which is career high with the Cardinals in I think 94. Leonard Smith? No, no. Leonard was he was a he was a good defensive back, and he did play for Arizona. He was uh, I think he was a strong safety, Leonard. Yeah, he was a safety. You're right. So, all right. So, guesses have dried up. Um, start start going through your list of common Bills last names. Johnson. Williams. Williams. Oh, good job, Frank. It is Williams. I think Scott said that, too. It is, of course. John Williams. <laughs> James Williams. <laughs> You're right, James, right, Williams. James Williams. The other apostle. Or J.D. Williams. He went by both James Williams and J.D. Williams at various That's points right, in his did. Bills career. 
So, Jeez. yep, disappointing Bills first rounder. This was a challenging uh, week, guys, but, you know, you guys came well, up with the trade yeah, keys. We, yeah. we had our Miami game, I think. I think this was our Miami game, mm-hmm. and maybe next week will be a struggle, too, but hopefully mm-hmm. we'll pull a Ravens game out of that. Thank you for this day in Bills headlines. Oh, you're welcome, gentlemen. We'll, uh, we'll reconvene on this day in Bills <clears throat> headlines next week. I was told the Bills were going to win this game by a million against the Steelers, and I'm going to start with Scott, who said that they were going to win by a million, because to see if he meant they were going to win by a million or if he was just teasing us. The Steelers are going to start Kenny Pickett at quarterback. They're a bad team anyway. Uh, go. Go, Scott. They're a 14-point favorite. Yeah. Are, you, are you ready to take well, the I, points? Like, yeah, I'm taking the points. Like, like, it. like, like I, I'm, I'm going full Frank on this. I remember yes. the old days of... Frank, no, no, this is a terrible team. Bills are awesome. Bills are going to blow them out. There's nothing else to think about. Um, I love it. I will say, like, I have a little pause under the theory of, like, the Steelers have nothing to lose. They, they're, they, they, everyone's counting them out so they can play free and easy. They don't have to worry about blah, 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 blah. And honestly, like, I get it if they had any talent really left on this team. They didn't. <laughs> Like, like TJ Watt was the reason that they were able to hang in and eventually win that game last year. Right. Uh, I mean, now Kenny Pickett is at least capable of throwing the football down the field, but he is, he is a rookie. Um, he did not look terribly competent last week where they, again, um, had a very, uh, you know, again, played the Jets who, again, I rated as a scrappy earlier, but still lost to them. Um, so that does not give me like, could they, could they not win by 14? Sure. But I would be shocked if the Bills lost this game. There's, I mean, it would be a Jacksonville level um, defeat, and obviously the Bills are capable of doing that. Like we, they did it last year. Um, I, but you cannot, you can't, if you're betting money week to week, you have to bet the the thing that you think is most likely to happen, and the thing most likely to happen is the Bills to beat the Steelers this week. And certainly the 14 gives you a little pause, but I'm I'm comfortable with that margin of error. So yes, I'm. I would be I would be taking taking the bills in this case. I just don't I don't know what the bill what the what I guess the 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 Steelers theory of victory is the running back right Harris mm-hmm. you know slows us down and then somehow also the defense can can slow us down as well even though they're um, I think you need you the know, bills to shoot themselves in the foot. Up yeah, sorry, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that that's where I'll stop. I'll, I'll just say there. The okay. Bills, I, let me jump in then, because I think that we, I think the I think what happens is if the way the Steelers win is the Bills shoot themselves in the foot. Like, I mean, maybe they can still execute a, like the the cover two shell and slow down the Bills, but I don't know. You you've also got to find ways to get Kenny Pickett and and the running back to score points. You know, like I don't know. I'm kind of with you, Scott. I'm afraid to bet 14. I, I guess I'm a coward in that way. I think that's a big that's a big spread. It's kind of ridiculous given the the injuries that the the, the Bills have. But on the whole, the Vegas isn't wrong all that often. So I mean, I think I could see the, the Bills winning by ten. I could see this, you know, twenty eight to to eighteen or something like that. Like the the Steelers get some points. Um, I wouldn't be surprised too if like if it all falls apart quickly for the Steelers. There you go. Um, I don't know. There's something about the old. Uh, I'm still hung up on the um, on the uh, the coach Tomlin, you yeah. know, has not had a losing season. This is his first one without Roethlisberger, of course. But Roethlisberger's looked pretty terrible in recent years, so they do find ways to do things. But I think you're probably right. The talent gap is too much this this time. So I'm also going to take the Bills over the Steelers. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be the resident coward and not take the points uh, okay. on this one. TJ Watt missing is obviously brutal for the, the Steelers. Still have a decent defense. Still have a good secondary. Still, is Frank point out, with Tomlin, you know, they've been good every year. And they also uh, don't get blown out, typically. Uh, they have never been a 14-point underdog in the history of their franchise until uh, until now. Even this year, they've... they've yeah, this is the first time ever. So that was the big headline uh, this week. So it scares me a bit. I think their defense will hold up. I think the lack of, I think missing guys like Dawson Knox and being down, some of their depth receivers will hurt. Um, I'm not, I think this is a good week for the Bills D for that, the Hamlin Johnson combo. We did not talk at all about Tamar Hamlin being the guy over to right. Johnson, uh, which we can talk about another time, but they'll both be back there this week with, with player out as well. This will be a good train exercise for them because Pickett's going to throw it deep. They're going to be prepared for it, and I don't see the Steelers' offense doing anything. I think the Bills' offense is going to struggle, but they'll put up more points. I'm going to pick a 20-13 to 13 Buffalo win. Okay. Well, you can let us know what you think, MNY Bills, on, on Twitter or uh, – no, that's it. We, I don't check the email, and we don't have Facebook anymore, so that's what you can do. Um, I thank you so much all for listening. We really appreciate it. Until next week, uh, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.